0: ...means when we call for the candidates to come, uh, come on down. You know, it's just like the price is right. Come on down. The time is right for water baptism. As we go to Matthew chapter 3, I want us to begin reading at verse number 13. When Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, listen to this. At that moment, heaven was opened up. Wow. Wow. Does not that say something special about the experience of water baptism? At that moment, heaven opened up. Not only did heaven open up, but I want you to see what happened. John saw the Spirit of God descending in the form of a dove. He saw it with his eyes. And it lighting on him, and then John heard a voice. And that voice from heaven said, This is my son. If you're reading King James, I think it says, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. In the New international word, he says, This is my son, whom I, am, whom I love, and him I am well pleased. So we see in this baptism of Jesus one of the most remarkable occurrences, sort of the death burial, virgin birth, death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that occurs. I want to preach to you this morning with the thought in mind, believers with no faces. Now my wife has some of those little figurines that uh they're willow tree. Is that right? Willow tree. Christine sells those things, I think. If you want willow tree, go see Christine at the What's that place called? Willow gift, willow gift Gallery. She can fix you up. But those little figurines, I, I, and, I, and I have to admit, I don't really understand what they're all about. I know that you have, a, when the child's born, you can give the little willow tree gifts. When when somebody gets married, you can give them the little willow tree couple. And when, when some, something else happens, you can give them the little willow tree. And it's these little wooden people with no faces. Okay? Little wooden people with no faces. I want to preach to you this morning with a thought in mind, Believers with No Faces, and a, uh, a subtitle of A Church in Crisis. Let me give you a disclaimer before I preach any further in this message, that the, the, church, the Lord's church is not really in crisis at all. It's just us that deals with the crisis. God's got his church, he'll always have his church, and his church is going to be a, is a redeemed church, and it's going to be a victorious church, so don't think that I'm downplaying the validity of the church of God. Identity is very, is a vitally important part of life for us, though. It's very important. All of us have it uh in your wallet or in your purse right now, you probably have a, Driver's license with a picture on it. You may have a passport. You may have, uh, some kind of other, uh, 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 card or documentation that, that says you are who you are. Sometimes I have to pull mine out just to remind myself of who I am. You know, I'm at that age, you know. Uh, we, 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 uh, anything we go to do in this day and time almost, we have to have some kind of identity. I went uh, I went to the uh, a doctor's office the other day and uh, I gave them my insurance card, but then they said, we have to have a uh, photo identity of you. I had to have an identity just to go to the doctor. I had so all of us all of us understand to a degree about having an identity. The Psycho- Psychology Today magazine published. Uh, uh, and I'll get a good while back, that identity encompasses the memories, experiences, relationships, and values that creates one's sense of self. This amal- amalgamation creates a steady sense of who one is over time, even as new facets are developed and incorporated into one's identity. So even as our identity changes, you know, uh, if you don't believe you've changed, go pull out some photos from 10 or 15 years ago, even if you're a young person in this room. Uh, you know, we begin, we've changed a little bit. Some of us, some of us, uh, you know, our hairs turned gray. Some of us, our hairs turned loose. Different things occur in our, our mind. You know, wrinkles occur, you know, crow's feet. I think that's what they call those things. There's all kinds of things that occur in our life, but yet we still know who we are. There's over 1 billion people in the world that have no photo identity. I read this just the other day. But yet, even those people that don't have a photo identity, they have no driver's license. They have no... Uh, uh, passport they have nothing else with a photo identity in fact they have nothing at all one of the uh, one of the African pastors a South African pastor that i'm very much acquainted with uh, that serves in leadership in our South African Pentecostal holiness church uh, a few days ago he put up that it was his birthday he he assumed that his mother was right because he said this is the date my mother has always told me this was my birthday but I have no Papers to prove that. But yet, he has an identity. He has an identity. Not in the sense that we think of legally. Every person in America has has we know it has a name that identifies them. Every once in a while, we will run across a John Doe. I know with County Sheriff's Department, just in the last couple of days, they have, uh, they have uh, apprehended someone that had no identification and they say they don't remember who they are. But the reality is they have an identity. Somebody will identify them. The government that we live in identifies us with a, a recorded legal name. You all have a legal name. Uh, you know, I have a legal name. It is not NR. Many people say, "What does NR stand for?" Well, it uh, it stands for Notably Reliable. No, it does. It stands for my, my my legal identity is. Here it goes for those of you that have always wondered. My my legal name is Norris, Ralph. Okay? Don't be calling me Ralphie, okay? Don't be calling me Ralphie. Yeah. When I met Sarah, she said, What does the NR stand for? I said she said, What's your first name? I said, It's Norse. She said, Can I call you that? I said, Not if you want me to answer. You know. Call me Fred. That was my nickname in school. That's why Sarah calls me most of the time. But, but we have a name and we have a legal name that's been given to us and recorded. We also, uh, most everybody in this room, you have a series of numbers that you can call out and you, or you have to punch in when you go into online banking or whatever it be. It's called your social security number. And I hope it makes you feel socially secure. But yet, even though there's people in other parts of the world that have no given identity, no number signed to them, no picture to carry in their wallet, they still have an identity. Let me explain. Each of us have characteristics that we are identified by. That's how people knows it, know us. It can be career choices. It can be personal taste or Preferences that we have. It could be a hobby that we're known by, um, and of course, in the cyber world, if you're like me, I think I, I think everything I have now either has facial or thumb recognition on it, and nobody else supposedly can get to my information unless they have my face or my thumb. But I look around this room, and I can identify some of you all for. Who you are and, and, and what you do. I, I, look, I can look around this room and, and I, I, see Scott back there. He's Scott the banker or the vice mayor of Bluewell, whichever one you want to pick. I, I, I look back there. I see Jason. It's good to have him back today. And he's Jason the car cleaning guy. I look back and I see Charlie sitting beside him and I think Charlie is the furniture guy. Hmm. You use dryers. If you need dryers, go see Charlie. You know, I I look around and I I see, Carrie is the mattress man. I should have had you wore your mattress this morning. (laughs) He ran the furniture store for years and if you ever watch WVVA TV over the years, you saw Carrie being the Friday mattress man with his mattress on. So, and there are people that actually know him by that. I, I, I've had people that say I, they say, I don't think I know anybody that comes to your church. I said, yeah, you, you probably know Carrie Hillman Dollar that he used to run Friday's furniture. You're talking about the mattress guy? Yeah, the mattress guy. So there's things that identify us. There's things that that, that we look at, and, and career choices, and personal tastes, and hobbies, and and different things, and then our thumbprints and our facial recognition in the in the cyber world. But there is a secret pandemic that, uh that is going on in our world. Now we all remember. That word pandemic, probably most of us, it has brings a negative connotation to it today. Because just a few years ago, three years ago, at this time, we were going through the quote-unquote pandemic. Some people call it a pandemic, but that's not the point this morning. But the pandemic of 2020, the crisis that it caused, and all the problems and all the reaction that were ensued. But this other pandemic, this secret one, It's been forming over 30 years, at least 30 years, perhaps longer than that. I really can't pinpoint it, but it's a pandemic of people with missing identity. You see, we don't hear about this identity pandemic in the literal sense, but yet it's been folding before our eyes. And sometimes we become blinded to things as they slowly unfold in front of us. I can remember as a kid when I would go out, you know, we didn't have iPads and Nintendos and Ataris and Playstations or anything else these kids play with now. We didn't have all that stuff. We played in the woods. Mm -hmm. We had mountain bikes before they were ever invented when I was a kid. And we could be out in the woods and play. And sometimes I could hear my mom hollering for me. Wanting to know where I was at. Because I hadn't come home yet. And she would fuss a little bit when I'd get Now I know that's hard to believe with a child like me that a mother would ever have to fuss. But she would fuss at me from time to time. She said, why didn't you get home before dark? I said, well, it's not really dark yet. You know why? It's because I've been playing in the woods and it just gradually got dark all around me. And there I was playing in the woods. I didn't even realize that it really was dark. You see, it crept up on me unaware. There, there's, a, there's a pandemic that, that is happening among us and whether it's 30 years or maybe longer, but it's been creeping up on us and, and it's creeping up and, and we're oftentimes we're caught unaware. But I want to share some of what's happening in this pandemic I'm talking about. I'm talking about that in the United States right now, well over half of the teenagers in the United States say they don't know what they identify with they have no identity they don't know what they identify with over half the teenagers that's half the of the generation that's not just the next generation they exist now that, that that are growing they don't even know what they identify with that's that's that man that's that's alarming to me to think about but then i went ahead and i read that that beyond teenagers in my generation and in your generation That one in five adults suffer some type of mental health complication because they are uncertain of their identity. It's an identity crisis. It's a pandemic of identity. Now, it's it's had a trickle-down effect, as we call it. Because as people have lost their identity, or people uh, no longer know who, how or what to identify with, we find that our nation is no longer, even though it's on our coins and it's on our it's, and it's on other documents and it's even on some of our buildings. But the reality of it is, our country, the United States, is no longer one nation under God. Because we live in a post-Christian age in America. Christianity is in the minority. And that is because we have lost our identity. We no longer identify with Christ. Used to, uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, used to if you were going to be socially acceptable, you had some type of affiliation with a church, whether e- even if you weren't saved, you still went to church because it was the right thing to do. That's no longer true in America. In America now, instead of people looking to go to church, they're looking for every reason not to go to church. Oh. Can I get on some territory right now? I hadn't planned this. I, I've been, ch- I've chased squirrels all morning long. Here comes another squirrel, Miss Sarah. I don't chase this squirrel. We have let things like we become so identified with sports that we allow sports to rob us and our children of our identity in Christ. Man alive, we didn't when it came when it came to sports. When my son was in school, and granted, yes, I know he's thirty-seven years old, but that's not been all that long ago. There wasn't any sports on church night. There wasn't any sports on Sunday. There was, but, but but but. And I'm not against sports. I think it's all good. But when those things begin to rob us of our who we are in Christ, then we have found ourselves headed towards worse trouble and recreation and things like that. And Lord, I've got to meddle and this squirrel took me down the road. It took me down Meddling Street. But when we find ourselves consumed with so many things that have drawn us away from God, well, I can have God. I read something. I read something here a while back that said some some guy put up a post on social media says that I'm closer to God when I'm on my bass boat on Sunday morning than I am when I'm sitting in church. Well, bless God, brother, something is wrong. Okay? I love you, but something is wrong. I understand the bass fishing on Sunday morning thing as far as having time to use it. but what I am saying to this is we have a, we have as a nation we have seen our nation escaping us but it's because we are losing our identity with God there is no longer listen the church is no longer the strong place that the rest of the country turns to we saw it in nine eleven some, there were a lot of people that ran to the church when 9-11 happened. But I dare say if 9-11 happened, how many years ago that had been? 20 some years ago? I doubt if 9-11, if another 9-11 happened today, I doubt that there would be very many people that would run to the church. Because we have removed ourselves. You see, there's a pandemic going on among us. And, 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 and we forgot so much about the church. We, not only are we are we are is the, we're, we're losing our value in society. Christians are looked upon as being unnecessary and not needed. Jesus establishes his identity in this verse of scripture that I'm reading to you. He said, "Yeah, well, we know who. Yeah, we know who Jesus Jesus is. We we know who Jesus was. We know who he is. Yeah, everybody knew Jesus." Not necessarily. You see, in fact, Jesus was actually a common name. Uh, the important thing is he was called Jesus the Christ. And the Christ means anointed one. So he was Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. Somebody said that one church put up a sign... uh that, that said uh, something about looking for Jesus and it was in a Hispanic community and they said they had a bunch of Hispanic guys come up because they used the word, as we spell it, Jesus for Jesus. They said the church filled up on Sunday morning because they were looking for Jesus, you know. You know, So so it's not just Jesus, but it's Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one. And he establishes his identity here in this moment. In this moment, as John the Baptist is doing what what he is called to do, and he's down on the River of Jordan, which is one of the coldest bodies of water that you could ever step foot in. I've been there, and I did it. And I tell you, it was it was a wonderful experience. But that was the nastiest creek and, and the coldest creek I've ever been in in my life. But if you ever get a chance, go and be baptized in the river of Jordan. I was baptized there. But the reality of it is, as Jesus walks down, John does not want to baptize him. But Jesus says, this is necessary. This is necessary. And when he is baptized, when Jesus is baptized of John, Jesus had no need of repentance because he was without blemish. He was without flaw. He was without sin. So he wasn't baptized because he had sinned, but yet it was necessary. It's necessary and it established an ordinance for us and it established a, a practice, if you would, for us to observe as we create our identity of who we are in Christ who we are in him you say well how did Jesus identify with who he was in himself it wasn't about Jesus creating his identity in himself necessarily but when we read this scripture and we find that John is baptizing Jesus as soon as Jesus was raised back up out of the water this is the first witness of the holy trinity that is simultaneously manifested in scripture In fact, it's really the only illustration. Because in that moment that Jesus is baptized and He is brought up out of the water, then what we find is, number one, Jesus is the Son and the Son is there in a physical presence and is baptized. But then, then we see that the Holy Spirit appears. John sees it in the form of a dove. And the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove. Now, Holy Spirit is not a dove. It was, that was just the form. The form of a dove. And the Holy Spirit came and settled upon Jesus. So we not only see the physical Son, but we see the physical presence of the Holy Spirit comes and sets upon Jesus. Then thirdly, and we're Trinitarian, by the way, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, And then you see the son is being baptised. The Holy Ghost has come and settled on the Son, but then the voice that radiates out of heaven, the voice that speaks, and I believe He spoke loudly and proudly, the voice that says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So we see all of a sudden in the, in the appearance of John and all that may have been gathered on that riverbank that day, we see the manifest presence of the Trinity that that occurs in the father son And Holy Ghost. Right there in the midst of the river of Jordan. Now what does all of that mean? What all of that means is. That was the moment when Jesus was. His identity was fulfilled. Of who he was. And who he still is. And the confirmation of the hand of God. That is on his life. And the proclamation of him being the son of God. That's carrying forth the will of the father. And God is pleased in all that. So Jesus received his identity. It wasn't a driver's license. It wasn't a passport, but he received his identity in that moment. But here we go back to the crisis. We have in the world today, we have believers with no faces. We have believers with no faces. I, I look at that, that. And I know the image is faint, but when I look at that faint image, I can't identify that guy as being anybody. I could put your face up or your face or your face up and we, you say, oh yeah, that, that's Elaine or that's Rick or, you know, that, you know, that, that's whoever. And we can, but we don't know who this is. It's just a blank face. There, there, there's really nothing distinguishing about it. And oftentimes what happens in the world, there is nothing that is really distinguishing. About us as believers. Wow. Alright. Now I'm not going back in. Listen. Bless your heart. If you feel like you need to. That's fine. I'm not being critical of you. But I don't want. I'm not taking my wife back to the day. That she can't cut her hair. And she's got to wear long skirts. And bobby socks. And canvas tennis shoes. You know. If you feel like you need to do that. To please the Lord. That's okay. But I know. I, I like my wife looking pretty okay not that the women that do that are not pretty but i like my wife pretty up a little bit you know i like her wearing her shoes with sparkly things on it and all like that and, and you know i'm sitting here looking at her and she's got her toenails painted and she's got us you know she's all she's all spruced up you know and she 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 does her hair like this and she does her hair this way and you know and 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 she and when i met her i said are you a high maintenance woman she said no not really and and she really is not but i still like her being pretty up But I'm not suggesting that we go back into all of the legalism that we've saw years ago of you can't do this and you can't do that and you gotta do this and you gotta do that and so forth. So I'm not suggesting that in the least. But what I am suggesting and what I am proclaiming is that many times we as believers, we lack an identity in Christ. We're just plain-faced. And nobody realizes who we are. I believe as believers that we should have identifying marks. And in the weeks to come, I'm going to preach some more messages along the lines of the the, of the fruit of the Spirit. But as believers, we should have we should have identifying marks. You know, there used to be a day when you could almost tell a believer when you saw them. Now, believers that, you know, we, we, we are, you know, it's hard to identify one at the best. It's not about making a spectacle, but it's about illustrating a testament. I worked with uh, a person a, a number of years back, many years ago actually. And that person said, well, I've been working with so-and-so now for close to 40 years. And I said, yeah, well, that, that person is a part of my, of my church congregation. They said, you're kidding me. They said, I've worked with this person for 40 years and I've never even known they're, they're a Christian. I've never heard them mention the Lord or anything out of their mouth. It wasn't about the things that they did, it's about what they didn't do. You know, we 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 as as followers of Jesus Christ, the and, and the, the, the nucleus of, of uh of, of salvation as we know it when you re- read what Paul wrote the church at Rome, he said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth Christ Jesus or Jesus as Lord. You see, Paul doesn't say there if you believe in your heart and you confess all your sins, he said you confess Christ Jesus as Lord of your life. He said, people need to know that we're Jesus' people. People need to know that we're Jesus' followers. We can't be ashamed of Him, and I'm going to finish up with that here in just a second. So the call to identity, we find that in Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. Mark 8 and verse 38. The word of the Lord says this. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. You see, so Jesus, Jesus says, I'm sorry if you don't like what I said, but this is what Jesus said. You know, if you don't like what I said, I, you know... You know, but this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in this adulterous generation that you're living in, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. Understand, that's, that's pretty serious stuff there. You know, it's, hey, there's, there's a, there's an entertainer and he's a, he's a, he, he does secular music and this guy also does Christian music, but he, but he works with a lot of Christian ministries and a few years ago he came up with uh he come up with this uh whole concept of of secret worshiper secret worshiper and i understand there's people in different parts we have places all over the world especially in in third world countries that are underground churches and and things like that and i i understand that concept but we're right here where we're at there is no call for secret worshipers there's no call for for us to not proclaim that Jesus saved my soul. He redeemed me. There's no cause for. Uh, and I'm not saying we go out and blow up abortion clinics and 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 bomb cars and 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 bombard people's houses. I'm not saying that at all. But 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 as believers, as believers, we should stand for our faith. Stand for the Word of God. We should stand for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't need me to fight his battles. But certainly, I can't afford to be ashamed of him. You see, Peter had that problem. Fear overwhelmed Peter. We talked about that over throughout the Easter season. When Jesus was apprehended and Jesus was taken to the whipping post, when Jesus was going through a mock trial, Peter was hanging around in the shadows. But Jesus had already told Peter, he said, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. And Peter did just that. But thank God Peter came back and he repented. And Peter came back and repented and, and, and the Lord looked at him. He said, Peter, he says, do you love me? You know that I do, Lord. Jesus said, then feed my lambs. Jesus asked him that question again. Peter, do you love me? He said, you do, you know I do, Lord. He said, then feed my lambs. The third time, Jesus said, hey Peter, do you love me? Peter says, you know I do, Lord. He said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. The Lord's called us to not be ashamed. The Lord has called us to to not be a plain face in society, but He's called us to fulfill our place in society as followers of Jesus. I'm not suggesting we be a freak show or some abnormal oddity but I'm suggesting that we be proud of the one who redeemed our souls and we be worshipers of him we need as believers we need faces we need to identify with Jesus water baptism is the foundation of Christian identity or Christian witness. Peter. Man. He struggled. But he struggled out of fear. He didn't want to. His fear was for his own life. He didn't want to be identified with Jesus. But you know. Identifying with Jesus. Even if it cost someone their life. Would be much worse. What would be much worse. Is disidentifying with Jesus. What, what would be worse is, is for him to say, you were ashamed of me, so I'm ashamed of you as I read in Scripture. So today, we're given the opportunity for some to establish, as a means of public testimony, their faith and their face in Christ. For water baptism is a is the supreme illustration just as it was in Jesus, so it is this morning establish our identity in Christ. Because with water baptism it's the putting away of the old man and the rising up of the new. It's the new identity that I've taken on in Christ Jesus. I want to be identified as a Jesus follower. It's what baptism says. In the next few weeks we're going to go into other areas of, uh, of in particular the fruit of the spirit of how we identify as how we we create our identity as Jesus followers. And it may not be like you think, but that's okay. You have to come back if you want to know. But for today, we're starting at ground zero. First base. The work of water baptism